Welcome to Restoration Road Online. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning. Well, my name is uh, Jordan Bonville. Uh, As Pastor Dave said, I'm the pastoral intern here at Restoration Road, um, and I was given the honor of uh, speaking to you guys today. Today's sermon is going to be on uh, Isaiah 41.10. The book of Isaiah is the the first book of the prophetical books. Uh, Each of these books were, uh, it's right there in the name, Uh, they are prophetical books. Uh, They're books that were written uh, by the prophets of of Israel. Uh, The prophets were each people that God appointed to correct, lead, and direct the people of Israel. In moments of triumph and excitement, they they led them uh, in celebration, and in moments of sin and uh, rejection of God, uh, they, they corrected. They were the mouthpiece uh, of God as God spoke through them to the people. The book of Isaiah uh, was no different. The book was intended to uh, correct the idolatry that Israel was living in. And despite the judgment and the tribulation that was promised to Israel and was carried out, The book of Isaiah ends with the promise of hope um, that is in the passage uh, that I will be speaking on today. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Home Alone. Yes, it is too early for Christmas movies, I will say it. Uh, Though my wife would very much disagree with me, she would watch The Grinch year-round if she could. Um, But if you haven't seen the movie, uh, Kevin McAllister, uh, who's a kid who is left home alone, uh, he's terrified and he's learning to mature and be, uh, be able to pack his own suitcase on his own. Uh, he, he has to struggle with all these different things that kids have a hard time with, and they're slowly learning, one of them being fear. Uh, he, he has a difficult time with being scared of so many different things. He doesn't want to go in the basement. He's scared of the furnace. He is scared of the guy salting the sidewalk. Uh, he's terrified of everything, and like most kids, He tried to find a spot of refuge, a spot of comfort, Uh, and the first time he gets scared in the movie, he runs upstairs and his parents aren't there. At first he thought his parents being God was a good thing, and he was all excited and he ran around the house, he jumped on the bed, he ate popcorn, Uh, but when he got scared, he realized he needed his parents. He, He always sought comfort in them in times of fear. And the closest he could come to that is he hid under their bed, or he hid under the covers of their bed. This is typically the the behavior for for a lot of kids. They find comfort in knowing that their parents are there. Each nightmare, each thunderstorm, each sleepless night, uh, things tend to drive kids uh, to want to sleep with mom and dad just to make it through the night. 
uh, and get past their fear. When each of us grow up, we, we move on from this mindset. We tend to try and push past the, past the concept of fear. Uh, we are no longer scared of the furnace because it makes weird sounds. Uh, we, we push past our fears and the stresses because we want to be, we're adults. Uh, we, we don't have to be scared of those things. Uh, but fear still sets in for each of us. So what happens when fear sets in? Where do we find comfort and shelter? We are all promised shelter and comfort knowing that just like our parents did uh, for us when we were kids, God will always protect us. We all have the opportunity to reach out to God when we are scared or when we don't know what to do in life because God is with us. He will strengthen us and uphold us when we are down. This brings me to my first point, the siege of fear. After all the promises of punishment uh, for the idolatry and the sin that Israel uh, was doing, God sent punishment as promised through Isaiah. Uh, because of where uh, Israel was placed, they were surrounded by other nations, and they often got caught up in other nations attempting to take land or come after them. Uh, and one of those nations uh, that God used to punish them, uh, people assume is the Assyrians. They were in the top uh, right corner from, from where Israel was. Uh, between uh, Israel was between the, the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. And uh, Assyrian was not known as a very passive uh, group of people. They were brutal. They were vicious. They were a, a powerhouse of their time. Uh, they were known for uh, being a poor winner. Uh, a, a lot of us, if you play games, you, you can get past playing against like the poor loser. They typically get mad and leave, but it is difficult to play with the poor winner that just like every single time, oh, I hit that shot. Oh, you're so bad. Like, Dang, they just get in your face. They, that's where smack talk comes from. You see it in the NBA or NFL. You got the celebrations. You got the Tim Tebow. You got the Steph Curry shimmies. Like, you have all sorts of uh, ways in which people celebrate. Uh, but the Assyrians weren't doing the Steph Curry shimmy. Uh, they were brutal in how they won their, their battles. Uh, every town that they went to, they would take the bodies and they would torture people and they would place them at the next town that they were going to take. So when the people looked outside of their town, they would see on display the Assyrians saying, we're coming for you next, and we're going to do exactly what we did, just did to this town. So this is what Israel had coming. This was their punishment. So as Assyria pushed forward, fear was rising, fear was building. Every single town that Assyria had to push through, because of where they were in this verse, this verse would be taking place in Jerusalem. That's in the middle of Israel. So gradually over time, Assyria would have to push through and push through and push through. It was a long time coming as Israel saw each town, boom, I'm coming for you. Boom, this is going to happen to you. Boom, get good, scrub. Boom. Assyria was looking to instill fear in the Israelites, and they were succeeding. Israel was terrified. They'd, they had given up on God. They had sought out 
idols and other gods and whatever sin they desired, whatever they wanted, they, they had no form of having a direction to deal with this fear that was building. We get to hear the end of this uh, in 2 Kings 19, uh, as King Hezekiah seeks counsel with Isaiah, and he says, what, what do I do? Uh, and Isaiah directs him to God. And after prayer and intervention uh, with God, uh, the night after he prays, God sends an angel and clears the camp of the Assyrians, sending them fleeing. Everyone has had something that they are afraid of. Uh, For some of us, it is tight spaces, uh, snakes, germs for some people, the dark. I learned that as much as I will not like freak out at the look of spiders, when you are in a porta potty and a spider jumps on you, you move, you move, and it is a terrifying thing to have happen. Uh, I, I grew up, I was always scared of needles. Uh, I'm, I'm terrified of them. I almost passed out because I flipped to a page with one in a health class. Um, even, even Ashley and my dog. Our dog, Bubba, is terrified of everything. Uh, For a while, we were celebrating any time someone could even pet him because as soon as they reached, he would just just dodge out of the way. Uh, And he was was just scared of everything. Just just after 4th of July, it hit 7 o'clock every single night, and he would pace. He would never get comfortable. He would run from one side of the room to the other, then he'd go out into the hallway, and we'd be sitting on the couch, and we'd watch him run back and forth. He was so anxious, and we had no clue why. Uh, but then we realized this is the time every single night that the fireworks were happening. He was just running around with the anticipation, it's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know when. It's going to explode. Something's going to happen, and I'm going to freak out. Little did he know... It was past 4th of July. There was no reason for the fireworks to go off. But he had the expectation, and as a result, he was living in this fear. If he had the same kind of knowledge that we had, he, he would actually have no reason to fear. Now, need I even give illustrations for our own lives and in more, more things that are more rational that drive us to fear? Boom, bills that you didn't know you had. Boom, the car needs fixing. Boom, how can I take care of the kids alone? Boom, I lost my job, what now? But the verse gives a promise. Fear not, for I am with you. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. All that was needed for King Hezekiah, despite the fear of who the Assyrians were and what they did to the people they came across, was just prayer. They had spent so much time trying to push away God and do whatever they wanted that they, at no moment in their fear, turned to God to help solve the problem. There are a lot of things that tend to fuel our fear. Sometimes it's rational, sometimes it's irrational. Uh, The fuel of our fear, uh, a lot of times, can be dismay. 
This wasn't new for Israel. Uh, Israel had always been in a state of fear because of where they were placed. They had nations all the way around them. Uh, God had placed them in that spot because it was a great trade route. Because of where they were, any nation that wanted to trade had to go through them. So they were able to generate revenue and profit, and uh, God promised them uh, wealth, and as a result, he provided that. But this also meant that other countries said, that's a really nice spot of land, I want that. And so it led to a lot of battles and moments where they had to rely on God. And sometimes they were just caught in the crossfire of other nations going at it. They were right in the middle. I don't know about you guys, but something like this would keep me on edge. If I was always surrounded by someone that potentially could be attacking, I would be nervous all the time. Um, However, despite countless moments of God intervening and God uh, making sure that they were safe and protected, Israel would always reject God. They would always turn to sin. They would always uh, forget what he had done for them. This is where the prophets would step in, like Isaiah, uh, and like he had done earlier. Caught up in their idols, they rejected God. Israel redirects them with this verse. Those idols were not not your God, but be not, not dismayed. I am your God. God is wanting to point out that you guys have no reason to, to be focused on those. They're not helping any, but I am here. I am your God. And as a result, when Hezekiah prayed, a difference was made. And in the end, Israel repented and God saved them from their enemy. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the sin of our lives that we get blinded uh, from the distractions that they create, despite there being easy, an easy solution for each of us. Uh, something about growing up in Maine is I always felt like everything was kind of delayed. By the time Blockbuster was going out of business, that's a crazy statement to say to a lot of people, um, but there, there was a small like off-brand movie store that I remember visiting growing up. And every other weekend, my family would go out, we'd pick the movies. My brother and I would pick like one game and we'd just, it was the rest of our weekend. It was always so exciting to go in and uh, look through the list, see what they have. Uh, the, the game that was most famous for my brother and I was WWE Wrestling. We loved playing that. Because uh, it, was, it was the concept of f- fulfilling that fantasy of suplexing my brother without him actually getting hurt and getting me in trouble. Um, This constantly led to fights for the two of us, so the easiest way for us to avoid that, uh, other than having us play one at a time, was tag teams. Any time there was a tag team, it meant that we had to be on the same team, we had to work together. Um, But I had one issue. I had to get over my pride because... I'm not tagging my brother in. I could win this on my own. I don't want to say my younger brother can bail me out. So I would try and last as long as I possibly could, and I would lose a lot of the time because I was so wrapped up in my pride 
that I would not want to, to reach out for help. I was so blinded by that that I didn't realize that tagging him in would have actually made a difference for the, for the games we played. In the same sense, because of, our sin, because of our sin, we tend to miss the fact that God is just waiting to be tagged in. God is just sitting on the sideline waiting to help us out, waiting to make the difference. I was having a hard time finding the main focus of this sermon uh, when I was reading through the book and the, and the verse and the things surrounding it. Uh, because ultimately the book talks about idolatry and sin, but the verse talks about fear, and so I didn't want to convey multiple points, but it wasn't until I had reached the end that I realized how closely they are connected. Ultimately, we tend to find that we are in moments of fear when we get completely blinded from God, and this is where sin comes in. The, the sin in our lives tends to be the driving force for why we get distracted, why we put other gods before God. We can't let our sin replace God because with God, when those fear come in, we can have peace knowing that Yahweh, the I Am, the God who split the Red Sea, the God who at his word mountains move, the God that shapes nations, and despite how big our fear is, our God is bigger and yet we let other things stand in place of him. But as the verse says, he is our God. Despite how bleak things may seem, we know we don't have to rely on ourselves because God said to Israel, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So what are some fears in your life that you allow to reign instead of God? Is it just the, the little things like seeing a spider in the room and having to tell the husbands to go and take care of it or the reverse wives having to go deal with it because your husband's scared of it? Uh, or, or is it everyday things like finances where I don't, I don't know how we're going to come up to the right number this, this month, uh, or I don't know how we're going to have time to go and see family. We have to, we have to keep working. We don't have the vacation time. Also, what are, what are some idols that we place in our lives? Do we get so caught up in the fear of what may happen if we don't have the money that we prioritize work and we hit the grind every single time we constantly just have to, to push through just with the hope to avoid the fear. God wants to be our protector, and he wants to give each of us peace so we can enjoy the things he has for us, so, he, so we can enjoy the blessings that he gives us. Here's the good news. We don't have to live our lives in fear of, if I slip up, God's going to allow bad things to happen to me. This, this was part of the situation between Israel and God, but they had a different covenant between them and God. 
we have the hope and the, the promise of salvation in Christ. We don't have to worry about, I'm not a good enough person, and as a result, God, God is going to, God's going to send the Assyrians. We don't have to worry about the Assyrians, but the Assyrians of our, of our time, we don't have to worry about, I have to be perfect, uh, or, or things won't go well, or I won't be able to pay the bills. We have hope in the redemption of Christ. This is our covenant. So despite our sin, Jesus intervenes. And we have the ability to put our trust in God and push away fear. God wants to care for each of us. And we are given the opportunity to put our trust in him and allow him to reign over our lives instead of allowing to fear reign over it. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for... God, I I thank you for the fact that you care. God, I thank you for the fact that you uh, created each of us with the intention and love to continue to care for each of us in our lives. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give each of us courage uh, in moments of fear. Uh, Uplift us with your your right hand, Lord. God, we we want you. We, We need you. And God, despite the, the stresses of things around the world, uh, war and uh, failed economics and, uh, and just everyday things, Lord, we put our trust in you. We know that you will take care of us, Lord. We thank you in your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday's sermon at Restoration Road. We hope it blessed you and invite you to join us for next service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. God bless.